Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. The United States Secretary of War and Thomas Barlow, Chief of Territorial Affairs, met alone in Washington, D.C. Barlow, I'm sending Major John Randolph on a tour of inspection through the West and Southwest to make a complete survey of our defenses. I'd be grateful if you'd have your scout, Dave Henry, take the Major wherever he wants to go, in the shortest possible time and unobtrusively. Yes, sir. If the mission is not to be made obvious, that's the best way to proceed. We don't want any foreign spies to give it attention. But spies in Washington knew about the mission and the reason for it even before Major Randolph left the capital. In the West, Juan Gizet, a spy for a foreign power over a period of years, had been advised of the investigation. Five weeks after Major Randolph and Scout Dave Henry started their journey through the West, one of Gizet's men appeared at his camp north of the Mexican border. The man was Josh Canton, an American Army deserter, and he had been trailing Randolph through the tour. Boss, whoever told you, told you right. 
Ed Major's at Fort Thurman now, and it's his last stop. I knew it would be. That's why I set up camp here. He and old Dave Henry leave the fort tomorrow on the San Antonio stage. The only two booked out of the fort. Henry leaves him at San Antonio. You've done a good job, Josh. Now we make ready to hold up that stagecoach after it leaves the fort tomorrow. Uh, what are the papers you're going to take from the major, boss? They worth money? In time they will be. Right now I cannot tell you where they are. Just be content with the money. I'll pay you and the rest of the men for doing the job tomorrow. That evening, Juan Gizet left camp alone and rode to the one border town that had a telegraph. He sent a message to the legate of his country, who was stationed in the city of Lampazos, Mexico, 60 miles away. The legate, Otto Wells, received the message at his estate and read it to his beautiful wife, Maria. A message from Juan Gizet. Tomorrow he is getting papers that will give our country every bit of information we need to invade the United States. Wonderful. Otto, when will Juan be here? If all goes well, he should be here tomorrow night. Oh, I'm so glad. He will be here in time for the masquerade party we are giving. When he gets here, we must have him stay for our party. The next day at Fort Thurman, Major Randolph and Dave Henry joined the two other passengers on the stagecoach for San Antonio. The coach started on the road east exactly on schedule. Come on, get up there! Come on, get up! Get up there! Six miles east of Fort Thurman, Juan Gizet, sitting astride a large roan horse, peered through the giant rocks that hid him and his men from the road below. Eight men, headed by Army deserter Josh Canton, sat mounted behind Gizet, handkerchiefs tied loosely around their necks, ready to adjust over their faces when they'd ride down on the stagecoach they were awaiting. Suddenly, one Gizet turned from his watch post. Cover your faces. Get your guns ready. The stagecoach comes. Remember, your job is to go in shooting. When you've done that, right away. Josh and I will search for this paper I seek. But tonight, Josh will meet you at the hideout in Devil's Canyon. I'll pay you men off there for the work you're going to do now. Right, Captain. Right, boss? That's right. Only remember, men, your job is to kill everyone. Understand? No one is to be spared. We understand, all right. Yeah, the coach is getting near, boss. We better start down. You ready, my men? Then we go. Guns ready. Underlay. Come on, here. Come on. Passengers in the stagecoach never had a chance. The crooks were on top of them before they could draw a gun. The first man to die under the rain of bullets from the outlaws was the shotgun guard beside the driver. Then the driver hit, lurched over the side onto the road, and the coach staggered crazily. One outlaw grabbed the lead horses, while the others fired point blank into the coach, breaking the interior from one side to the other. As the coach stopped, the door opened, and Scout Dave Henry lurched out onto the road, firing... You murdering skunks! That's it, man. You finish him. Now, what about those inside the coach? They're dead, boss. An old man and old lady in the major. Fine. You did a good job, man. Scatter now and be in Devil's Canyon tonight. Josh will pay you off then. See you later. (laughs) Now to get rid of this shadow of mine, Canton. Josh, I'm going into the coach and search the major's baggage. Huh? You gonna take his money, too? Canton, I don't think there's going to be much money. What? Don't get excited. I'll pay you as I'm going to pay the rest. Right now, I must get the papers I seek and ride to Mexico. You never mentioned Mexico before. Will you stop grumbling and listen to me? 
Ganton, walk down to that bend in the road and keep an eye open in case anyone approaches while I'm in the coach. Leave your horse here and go on foot. You will not be seen so readily if someone should be coming this way. All right, boss, if that's the way you want it. Gizet hurried to the coach, entered it, and immediately began a search of Major Randolph's clothing. To his surprise, he found what he wanted in a matter of seconds, a packet concealed in the space between the material and lining of the Major's uniform. Gizet leaped from the coach, ran to his horse, and mounted. And headed south along the Tex-Mex road. Josh Canton heard the hoofbeats and turned from his lookout post a hundred yards away. He watched with dull surprise at first, then after a minute realized Gizet was fleeing. He ran back to his horse and started Steady, in pursuit. Steady, boy. Come on, get up! An hour passed. The Lone Ranger and Tonto were traveling westward. When they rode around a turn in the road and saw the coach of death ahead, they raced to the spot and leaped from their horses. Otto, three persons dead inside this coach. None of them has a gun drawn. They've been slaughtered in cold blood. Driver and shotgun guard dead. And it looked like them. Kimosabe, look. Man in ditch alive. Him try to speak. The Lone Ranger hurried to the shallow ditch and bent over the form of Dave Henry. The scout was badly wounded and his strength was ebbing fast. But he spoke to the man whose presence he sensed, but whom he could not see through his death-glazed eyes. Get get them. Stop them. Steal plans from Major. Easy now, easy. You said plans. Military plans? Yes. Important. If they get away... Country lost. The country lost? I don't understand. But go on. Which way'd they go? Oh, all directions. Man with plans right south. Stop him. I, I, I saw a hand. He, he has tattoo on back of hand. Left hand. The man with the plans has a tattoo on the back of his left hand? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes, he goes south, along Tex-Mex Road. Stop him. He's dead, Toto. Me see, Kimasabi. Well, Toto, there's nothing we can do here. You heard what he said? About plans? Yes. Uh, and that sound heat bad. But why would hold-up men want military plans... There were such plans for this part of the country. We not know, Kimosabe. Yet there may be something in what he said, Toto. The Major's pockets were turned inside out. There was money left on the seat where it had fallen. Also, the mail or baggage compartments haven't been touched. Mm, maybe crooks not want money. Like dead man say. That's a case we can't waste time. Toto, you ride on to Fort Thurman. It's only a few miles. Tell the Commandant Colonel Smith what's happened. He knows me. Tell him I'm heading south for the main trail after the man the scout mentioned. Oh, Tim Sabe. Be right. Tell him quick. Easy, steady, Silver. Easy. Learn what you can about the plans that were mentioned. Then sit out after me. If I don't catch up with a man with a tattooed hand, I'll meet you at the Adobe Mission outside the town of Laredo. Juan Gizet had ridden away from the stagecoach a few minutes before Army deserter Josh Canton had taken off after him. 
His horse was stronger and faster, and he kept distance between himself and the outlaw for many miles. Easy, easy there. But eventually, as he neared the Texas border town of Laredo, his horse faltered. He led it into a field to rest. Oh, oh, oh. Minutes later, he heard galloping hoofs from the north. He looked up and saw Canton heading in his direction and perceived at once that the crook could see him. He stood up, wet his lips, affected a smile, and let his hand rest on his gun holster. Anger showed in Josh Canton's face as he leaped from his horse and approached Gizay. What's the idea? What are you trying to do? (laughs) Oh, my friend Josh, you finally have arrived. I've been waiting for you. That horse of yours is a slow... Never mind the horse and don't try laughing me off. What are you up to? You send me away, go into the coach, then come out in a minute and ride off, leaving me there. Yeah, you got something in your pocket, in a package. What's in it, Bills? Let me see. Stand back, you fool. Get your hands up and be quick about it. All right. There they are. What's the idea of the gun? You're full of questions, Josh. I think I shall make you full of lead. But but why? You said I said a lot of things. Before you die, I'll say just a few things more. Before I die? You're not going to kill me. I am. I wish I might have also killed those fools in the gang. The stupid ones who wait for me in Devil's Canyon to return with the loot. How glad I am to be getting away from you loutish Americans. Loutish? Hey, I don't like that. When I'm in Lampazos tomorrow night at the legation of my country, we shall drink and laugh heartily as I tell my friends how you and your so-called bad men... Help me get the papers that will help us take your beloved United States and make it a colony. One great colony as it should be. Why, you're nothing but a dirty... Oh! Oh! (laughs) Hey, what? Oh! (laughs) Hey, what? (laughs) Well, no more questions from you. No. No more questions from you. (laughs) Yeah. I'd better get away from here now. Come, horse, we go to Laredo. And by tonight we shall be in Lampazos. And once we are safely there, we celebrate the success we have in helping the downfall of these United States. Andre! The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. 
The Lone Ranger reached the spot on the Tex-Mex road where Josh Canton had been shot sometime after Gizeh had ridden away. Once more he found on the ground a bullet-ridden man who was not quite dead. The Lone Ranger recognized the army deserter from picture posters that had been scattered throughout the territory. You're Josh Canton, I know you. You were one of the men who held up the stagecoach back near Fort Thurman. Yeah. Let me see your hands. No tattoo on the back of your left hand. Tell me, Canton... Who was the man with the tattooed hand? Gizeh. Juan Gizeh. He shot me. Shot you? What for? He's a foreign spy. Oh, the man who died said that too. You know what you're saying? Yes. It's true. Oh, my throat hurts. Bend down. I, I'll tell you. Canton was weak. The Lone Ranger bent low and placed his ear next to the wounded man's lips. Haltingly but lucidly, Josh Canton told what Gizeh had said to him. Then he fell back on the ground, exhausted. So he is a spy. The papers are being taken to Lampazos. Canton, I'll dress those wounds and leave a canteen of water here for you. I'll send someone to help you. Then I'll be on my way to Mexico. The Lone Ranger rode to the Adobe Chapel outside Laredo, where he had told Tonto to meet him, and together they started to Mexico. Easy, Silver, easy, boy. Easy. Oh, oh, easy. The Lone Ranger and Tonto reached Lampazos later that same night. The masked man, familiar with the town, sought out the legation building of the country for which Juan Gizeh spied. The street and ground around the building were deserted. Now, Tonto, you remain here. I see a guard at the front door. I'll go around to the side of the building and see if I can get in there. The Lone Ranger reached a side door of the building and was about to enter when suddenly a man in uniform stepped out of the shadows and aimed a rifle at him. Halt! Who is there? Uh, it's, a, it's a friend. Don't move your hands and step out into the light where I could see you. There you are. No friend would... <laughs> this is a fine joke, senor. A <laughs> uh, uh, joke? Si, senor. You come here in your mask in that costume expecting to find a party, eh? A uh, party? But yes. Senor, did you not read your invitation? The masquerade tonight is not held here in the legation. It's being held at the home of our superior, senor Wells. Did you not know that? <laughs> uh, no, that, that's oh. funny. I I didn't look at my invitation at all. Oh, and so you come here. Oh, 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 senor. Senor Wells will laugh when you tell him of your mistake. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he will. His residence isn't too far, though. Oh, no, senor. Down this street and two streets to your left. Oh, thanks. I'll go there. Sorry to have bothered you. Not at all, senor. That is a very fine costume you wear. Oh, thanks. The Lone Ranger and Tonto slowed their horses a short distance from the great estate of Envoy Otto Wells. This masquerade party is perfect, Tonto. To go through the main gate exactly as we are, people may think we're in costume. If anyone attempts to stop us, I'll do the talking. Uh, the Lone Ranger walked his horse slightly in advance of Tonto's as they went through the front gate. 
The two guards stepped aside, smiled, and made no endeavor to look at the sheet of paper the Lone Ranger held in his hand as if it were an invitation. One of the guards pointed to a road that led to the rear of the house. The stable, sir, he's about there. The two horsemen didn't ride to the stable. Instead, when they were out of sight of the guards... Monson, get him up, Scout. The two men cantered through a grove of trees at the side of the grounds and continued till they reached a spot where they could see the rear gate through a clearing. Hold him, hold him. They dismounted, and the Lone Ranger spoke to Tonto. Now, Tonto, I'm going inside. Anything may happen there. You stay here with the horses and be ready in case I need you. Me do it, Kimasami. The Lone Ranger kept himself as inconspicuous as possible, losing himself in the great throng of richly costumed revelers. His eyes peered intently through his mask, watching the left hands of the men who led their ladies through the movements of the waltz. Then he smelled the fragrance of a lovely perfume close to him. He turned. Lovely lips and pearl-white teeth smiled at him beneath a purple domino mask through which deep blue eyes sparkled. I have been watching you, senor, ever since you came in. You have? See, I I should say ever since I first saw you a short time ago, I did not see you enter. Well, why should you? Because I am your hostess for one thing. Oh? And because I am always interested in men as tall and as broad in the shoulders as you. Well, you're most flattering. But of course I know you're chiding me. Senor, you do not know me if you say that. Otto says... Otto? See, my husband. Oh. He says... How rude you are. You are not even paying attention to me. I, uh, I'm sorry. You are not sorry at all, senor. Which woman is it you are looking at with such fervor? Oh, it's, uh, it's not a woman. It's, I... I think I see Juan Gizet out there dancing. Juan? You know him? Only through the channels of diplomacy. Oh, you are British... I thought at first you might be an American. Uh, Gazet arrived here only this evening, didn't he? How do you know that, senor? I was about to remark before that only Otto and I knew he was here. Not until the unmasking would we... I, uh, must see him at once. That's why I'm here. See whom, Gizet? Yes, it's a matter of gravest importance. It's about the papers he took from Major Randolph this afternoon. How do you know these things, senor? Keep quiet, please. Then you know what I'm talking about? Hush, no more. You will come with me, please. We'll go to the library. We may talk in privacy there. I want to know why you are here. After what you have said, Otto will want to know also. Very well. Maria Wells guided the tall, handsome man through the gay throng into the vast corridor outside and across to the library. She stopped outside the door of the library and summoned a servant. Jarnak! Mr. Wells is standing near the main entrance, in uniform, of course. Ask him to join me in the library at once. Then find Mr. Gizet and tell him the same. Yes, milady. And now, Mr. Mysterious One, shall we go inside? Envoy Otto Wells entered the library. He was in elaborate dress uniform with a scarlet band across his chest and a sword at his side. The Lone Ranger began to talk at once. Uh, Mr. Wells, your wife knows why I'm here. It's about Gizet. 
He blundered this afternoon when he stole the American defense papers from Major Randolph outside Fort Thurman. Eh? What are you saying? Who told you what? I mean... He is a pre-booter, Otto. He works for our embassy in Washington. They sent him here. I told her that, Mr. Wells. Oh, uh, those papers, did you see them? Uh, yes, at least I glanced through them. One did not arrive here until late. His host, I had to be present down here. Look at those papers at once. Before it's too late, Mr. Wells, look at those papers. You'll be surprised what they contain. They do not have the information we seek. Oh, some of it, but more important than that is what I'll show you when you see them. Oh, uh, you're getting them now? Yes, they are here in the wall safe. Otto Wells, visibly agitated, had gone to a side wall, removed a picture, and then opened a small safe. He removed a packet and returned to where the Lone Ranger waited with the still-masked Maria Wells. Now, before I open this, tell me what there is about its contents that brings you here. I don't think I'll bother. I'll just take the packet from you. No, no, no. I said I'd take that packet. Thanks. Now. Also, he has a gun. He is going to shoot. Now he is not. Oh. One, he said, had entered and heard the Lone Ranger. Unarmed, he jumped on the American from behind with his arm around the Lone Ranger's throat, pulling his head back. Hold him like that one. I will stab him. As Wells drew his sword, the Lone Ranger dropped quickly to one knee, grabbed the wrists of Gizeh, and with superhuman effort sent the spy hurtling over his shoulder, just as Wells made a thrust. The sword pierced the body of Juan Gizeh, and the impact sent Wells sprawling. Maria ran into the hall screaming. The Lone Ranger bent, recovered the packet, then brought his gun crashing on the skull of Otto Wells. The end boy sprawled across the dying Gizeh as the Lone Ranger placed his gun in the holster. He placed the packet inside his shirt and ran across to the French doors that led to the garden. As he stepped outside, an officer of the guard, having heard Maria's screams, came running out of the darkness. Otto was a stride step, and he held silver ready. The masked man vaulted into his saddle. And together, he and Tonto galloped to the rear of the estate as the pursuing man, joined by guards, began to fire. Guards with guns drawn loomed at the rear gate, but the riders veered and headed their horses towards a high hedge at the end of the property. Now, Silver! Jump! Jump! Scout! The two horses rose into the air, landed outside the grounds. The Lone Ranger and Tonto streaked onto the road, hundreds of yards from where the horseless pursuers converged at the gates. We made it, Tonto, and they're not near us. Come on, turn off the road and ride to the west. The Rio Grande is less than two miles from here. Come on, The next morning, Colonel Smith, Commandant at Fort Thurman, listened to the masked man's story as he held the packet which had been given him. When the masked man finished, the colonel said, It's the perfect finish that Gizeh is dead through his own fault. We captured the gang at Devil's Canyon last night. And I assure you, when this packet goes to Washington today, it'll be guarded by a detail of men from this post. Colonel, I'm glad I was able to recover those papers for my government. This is the greatest country on earth, and it's going to become greater. What little I did, sir, was for the United States. Goodbye, sir. Let's go, Tonto. The masked man and the Indian mounted their horses to leave the post. The commandant's aide, who had witnessed the scene, shook his head admiringly. What a tremendous man, Colonel. The chances he took to recover those papers, and then he called it a little thing. Why, sir, he's done wonders. When the truth is known, Lieutenant, you'll learn that he may have saved the entire United States. What? But who is he? Who else but the Lone Ranger?
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.